Good evening, and welcome to another episode of San Jose, where we talk about everything spooky, scary, and haunted in San Jose. My name is Manuel Avalos. And my name is Carmen Sanchez. And today, what are we talking about? Today, we are taking a short journey across 17 to Santa Cruz, where we're going to cover the Evergreen Cemetery. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. So I know it's a San Jose-based podcast, but we did want to reach out a little bit to our surrounding community. Um, Probably not as far as San Francisco, because I feel like that's a whole other thing. But we will be covering a couple of towns and cities kind of within the San Jose area. Um, Again, mostly San Jose-based. But uh, for this one, we decided to do something a little bit different. Carmen, do you remember why you said you wanted to do this episode, (laughs) like, of all the topics? Oh my god, because it's, it's December, and that makes me think of Christmas, and putting up the evergreen trees, and we're doing evergreen cemeteries, so that, I know it's a long shot, but I figured why not get the season started with evergreen cemetery. Also, one other thing before we jump in, um, we have some huge news. Our podcast, just as of recording this, hit 1,000 total listens across all of our episodes. Woo! And that is pretty early compared to our projected timestamp, which is... <laughs> Never. We thought we would get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah i know we did not think we would i mean i just thought this would be like i said i mean from the beginning i was like oh yeah this is gonna be a really cool quarantine project to do and turns out we actually have people that want to listen to the same thing we want to talk about (laughs) that's so cool so we just want to thank all of our wonderful fans and listeners uh y'all have been great please remember to also review us on itunes if you already haven't tell a friend or two and be sure to follow us on all our social media instagram at san Jose podcast tweet us at san Jose pod or email us your stories and thoughts san Jose at gmail.com we do read everything and we always appreciate the feedback a hundred percent thank you so much san jose and san Jose listeners uh we really appreciate it and i think Say said this a different time, but I'm gonna say it again. This is truly our love letter to San Jose and the beautiful county, the beautiful area around it. And as a special treat to all our San Jose-ans out there, we are planning a little special Christmas surprise Christmas for all of you surprise. for getting us to where we are now. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Let's jump into the history. Evergreen Cemetery is located at 261 Evergreen Street in Santa Cruz, California. And Evergreen Cemetery was created in 1850 and is the oldest Protestant cemetery and rumored to be the most spiritually active cemetery in Santa Cruz County. So it's estimated that about 2,000 people have been buried there including over 120 children who died of disease or accidental death. So, scary. 
Yeah, so I found out about this topic. I don't know about you, Carmen, but I didn't know anything about this. I had never even heard of the cemetery until we started researching places around the area. Yeah, me uh, me either. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> yeah, I found this topic in the book Haunted Santa Cruz, California by Marianne Porter. So according to her book, the cemetery has a couple notable people buried in it. One of whom is the, quote, legendary sex worker Marie Holmes, who sadly took her own life in 1898. The Santa Cruz Evening Sentinel wrote about her. Marie Holmes, who was an inmate of a house of ill repute on Pacific Avenue, committed suicide at 9.30 o'clock Thursday evening by swallowing a large dose of carbolic acid on Mission near River Street. She was suffering from consumption and was of a melancholy disposition. Those who knew her were not surprised at her committing suicide, for she had frequently threatened to do so. She was a native of England, aged about 20 years. None of her friends knew anything about her relatives or what her real name is. All they knew of her was that she had a child, but they do not know where the child is. That was the evening sentinel. The, I guess, daytime Santa Cruz Sentinel wrote a slightly more somber story titled The Wages of Sin. They wrote, Perhaps in old England, a mother awaits in vain the coming of an errant daughter. Perhaps a small child lisps the word mama while watching for her who sleeps cold in death. Nevermore shall mother and daughter gaze upon their loved one. Services were held Saturday noon in Westendorf and Staffler's undertaking parlor. Besides her former companions, there were present a few kind-hearted women who assisted in the services, but none were there who knew anything of the girl's early life. Truly, the last rites were performed by strangers, to whom even her real name is unknown. Many beautiful floral pieces were on the casket, mute tributes of sympathy from her companions, down whose cheeks fe- down whose cheeks tears course as they listened to the words of Reverend E. H. Hayden from the Baptist Church. Perhaps it had been years since most of them had heard words from the lips of a minister. A choir sang appropriate selections which touched the hearts of the women whom Marie Holmes knew. The remains were interred in the Evergreen Cemetery there to rest while mother and child wait, watch in vain for her coming until their short pilgrimage in this life is also at an end. The reason that Marianne Porter writes about Marie Holmes is because it's believed that her spirit still haunts the Evergreen Cemetery to this day. So... There is a commemorative plate laid by, like, laid in the cemetery for her, and it was paid by the Santa Cruz Museum, which reads, Lady of the Night. Here lie the remains of Marie Holmes, a lady of the night, who on the evening of May 5th, 1898, met a lonely and untimely end with the quaffling of a carbonic acid. Born in England, she resided in San Francisco, Salinas, and Watsonville before spending her last few months in Santa Cruz, where she died in the streets outside the Merrill Brothers Saloon. So, apparently, according to Marianne Porter's book, people usually see her in the woods, like her apparition, or standing near her headstone. But did you know, Carmen, that her headstone has actually been stolen and found twice? Yeah, I was looking into that. It was interesting. Uh, Tell us the story. So, that was according to the Santa Cruz Museum of Art and History website, but I could only find information about the more recent findings, so apparently the headstone had originally been bought by sex workers in Santa Cruz and was later assumed to have just been destroyed by vandalism and, you know, weathering over the years, but 
In 2005, a local hiker named River Wolf was exploring the redwoods below the Bonnie Dune Road in Davenport and just stumbled upon a headstone. Um, It was, you know, kind of covered in moss and it was like just, it was kind of just there. An image of River Wolf standing on the road where he found the headstone can actually be seen on Museum of Art and History website. And there are plans to reinstall the headstone. I'm not sure if this has been done already as of recording this, but it apparent like, but at the time of me reading uh, an article on their website, it remains in the museum's archives in excellent condition, um, and they uh, are planning on reinstalling that. So, that's awesome. It's just kind of messed up that, um, I think. Do you think it was vandalized because she was a sex worker? I'm not sure, but I think it might be possible that I think a lot of the um, the headstones and stuff were being vandalized. And actually, I did read that a lot of them were um, like falling and cracking and like being weathered partially because of like the way they built a lot of the older headstones or like the way they were installed aren't really optimal for a place that has frequent earthquakes. OK, so pop culture. I decided to do a broader pop culture section for Santa Cruz because um, I am so happy we're covering something in Santa Cruz because there's so much like more recent pop culture that's happening over there for some weird reason. But, you know, Santa Cruz has always been like a place for spooky, you know, like as you know a lot of people think of santa cruz as like the place where the hippies go or you know like just uh, somewhere really chill to go to and hang out but you know there's also this eerie side to santa cruz that i've always kind of liked like even if you go in the winter in santa cruz you, you get that overcast or if you're in there in the morning you get that cool overcast from the fog uh rolling in and it kind of gives you that eerie feel with all the the forest too so that's one of my favorite, you know, aspects of Santa Cruz. Um, so it's really cool that some like really cool popular movies are from and or inspired by Santa Cruz. So um, some of those popular movies include Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, um, The Lost Boys, um, the 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 80s vampire movie (laughs) it's actually a really popular cult cult classic um so that was cool and then more recently us the movie um so actually um a little aside so us the main portion of that movie was that was filmed in santa cruz was basically anytime you can see the boardwalk but the the parts what, did you see the movie surprisingly yes yes okay <laughs> we can talk about it okay so um a little bit more in depth um yeah so us so the part at the lake was actually filmed um in l or in pasadena yeah so the only parts in us that were filmed in Santa Cruz was basically where you could see Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And then the rest, um, like where the house and then the lake, that was actually in SoCal. So um, it's cool because like 
instead of doing, I don't know, Santa Monica Pier or whatever, they were like, hey, let's go to Santa Cruz. And they did. At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, moving on. So, (laughs) okay, yeah. And then The Lost Boys was, like, filmed in Santa Cruz County. So it's really cool. And then Psycho, obviously cool, super cool classic movie that has inspired so uh, many, like, shows, movies, um, concepts, or like, you know, concepts in shows. Um, it's just classic. Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Um, so he actually, in uh, Alfred Hitchcock himself actually enjoyed spending time in Santa Cruz. So a lot of his movies are inspired from living in the Santa Cruz area. Um, quote here from Santa Cruz Public Library, um, local history collection, um, local inspiration for movie classics. Hitchcock had a link to Santa Cruz by Ross Eric Gibson. So this article uncovers um, this quote. In September 1940, after filming Foreign Correspondent, Hitchcock bought the 200-acre 1870 Cornwall Ranch at the end of Canham Road near Scotts Valley. The $40,000 spread included a house, tennis court, stables, and a winery, of course, across Highway 17. How awesome. I thought this was super cool. I had no idea. So Hitchcock split his time from... A house in so or near Los Angeles, and then his house in Santa Cruz, uh, Scotts Valley, to be more precise. And he actually preferred staying in Santa Cruz. So being such a classic, um, like horror film slash uh, psychological thriller uh, director. I mean, it's just so cool that a part of him felt that Santa Cruz was so like. He loved it, and there's a big reason why, you know. So his movie, The Birds, uh, was filmed in 1963, and it was also allegedly inspired by an event in Capitola in 1961. So two years after um, this incident, The Birds came out. Um, There were thousands of seabirds, uh, or where thousands of seabirds suddenly flew down into the city, Uh, apparently off track in their migration patterns because of the fog. So many of the birds died or threw up fish all over, um, all over the streets. And apparently it just really stank. So this is from the article. This article is called or entitled, and I quote, remember when the city Shearwater incident of 1961 was rumored to have inspired a Hitchcock classic. So, uh, (laughs) Eric Sleeper incorporates uh, accounts from the event um, where the, the, the city Shearwater event incident, uh, or he, find, he incorporates accounts of the event, and it says, it became clear that the anchovies had caused more than just indige- indigestion. <laughs> uh, Capitola residents and visitors reported that they heard smashing and crashing thuds on their roofs. Uh, Awoken by the cacophony, uh, some stepped out of their homes armed with flashlights only to find that birds flew straight towards them. (laughs) 
They, uh, the birds slammed against buildings, regurgitated fish, and knocked themselves out. In the morning, yards and streets were blanketed in avian corpses and half-digested anchovies. It, co- it goes on. Truckloads of, bir- of <laughs> truckloads of dead birds were hauled away. Altogether, there were several thousand birds, says Perry. Public works and various sanitation departments sent guys out to collect the dead birds, many of which were run over in the streets. It was a mess. That basically sounds like our high school. Oh my god. The birds. <laughs> Just a quick aside, our high school had a seagull problem when we were there. Like there were Luckily it so never got many... this bad. <laughs> but... but it was still pretty bad to the point whenever it rained the whole school would just smell like grossness because you know oh god poop. don't and take me back i'm not getting ptsd flashbacks <laughs> it got resolved because i kid you not the admin <laughs> the admin hired a hawk trainer to bring their <gasps> hawk oh, yeah. and because it's like a bird of prey it scared off all the seagulls but the they had to bring the trainer back every like month or so to keep the seagulls away because it was becoming a health hazard Thank God. we. Yeah, I know. We could have gotten some sort of avian flu. <laughs> but yeah, so it says... Um, so the birds wasn't actually filmed in Santa Cruz, but uh, it was filmed in Bodega Bay, which is a part of Sonoma County. So um, it's cool. All count. this stuff, like all these cool movies just happened in our backyard. Um, Santa Cruz is awesome. Wow. Thank you for that, Carmen. Yay! Okay. Love to know that there's so much going on over there. And um, we'll keep you updated with our Santa Cruz pop culture tracker. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it is pretty famous. Like, I'm, I don't know. So, now we move on to the personal accounts. So... A lot of the reports at the Evergreen Cemetery that have been reported come from volunteers at the Santa Cruz Museum of Art and History and some unhoused folks that have tried to sleep in the neighboring woods. And according to one volunteer at the museum, there was a woman who frequented the cemetery and she would often hear a bell ring and the sound of a child singing. And I guess this person started to bring their own bell and, like, would try to sing and I think left toys even because, like we said, there are a lot of kids that were buried here. The other really notable apparition and person buried here that has been seen is that is the dark, shadowy figure of Andrew Jack, AJ, Sloan, who has been seen at the cemetery. He is known to the locals as the ghost of Arana Gulch, And he was a private in the Mexican-American War who, in 1865, was shot several times by some bandits and then buried in the Evergreen Cemetery. And only 30 years after he died, two women, a mother and daughter, reported seeing his apparition wandering through Arana Gulch. Their report even showed up in the Santa Cruz Sentinel in 1895 in an article titled Strange Sight Witnessed by a Mother and Daughter at Arana Gulch, Murder of Jack Sloan in 1865 Recalled, Something for Psychologists to Investigate. So this case haunted Santa Cruz residents for a while because when it was in court, the timeline seemed really inconsistent 
And there were also a bunch of key witnesses that were just mysteriously murdered. And ultimately, oh. the, ultimately, this case was just thrown out in court. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and that's only the beginning of this whole thing. So, several sightings of his ghost have been reported. And every time, he's always wearing the same heavy jacket and broad-brimmed hat. And the most recent report was from a young couple who lived in a new home in Arana Gulch who said that Jack Sloan often floated across their deck on foggy nights. And that was in 2011. No, thank you. There are also other stories tied to Arana Gulch, which it's just like this place in Santa Cruz. Uh, According to evergreencemeterymysteries.blogspot.com, I can't believe how niche of a website exists (laughs) like this. But it exists. Um, So according to this website... There is a story about a woman run down by a drunk driver and left to die on the, quote, Arana Curve. Oh and my then, god, wait, how, when was that? It doesn't say. Uh, but then there's another story about a raid that resulted in a murder on Arana Creek. And then there's also some lesser well-known stories. Um, there's a tale of a treasure map that was apparently found in the hands of a dying vaquero in 1890. And then this map marked the location of $40,000 worth of gold stolen from a forgotten bandito heist. According to the map, it was buried in a cave at the top of the gulch. And then, although at first the map claimed to have been from, like, Scott's Valley, according to the owner, the drawing actually showed Arana Gulch. So that was disputed. Uh, And today the story lives on as Paul's Sweet Gold. There's actually a book about... So we talked about Arana Gulch and the ghost of Arana Gulch. There is a book called Ghosts in the Gulch by S.L. Hawk, who also writes the site Evergreen Cemetery Mysteries. And I thought this was cool because it's like an entire book based off one legend that's kind of niche. But um, I later realized it's a book based on true events. That's what it says. So I'm guessing it's historical fiction and not just like a historical account of what happened there. Um, But according to the author, it does try to debunk the different, like explain and debunk the different theories as to what happened there, because it is actually um, a bit of a controversy uh, because, uh, well, as you'll see, um, there's actually some different explanations as to what actually happened there because there just wasn't really anyone there that could write it down or testified or really anything to leave a solid record i'll quickly read just the synopsis of the book so it's 1863 17 years ago andrew jackson sloan left his family to fight in a war and find a new life now a widower and a father of a half japanese royal son aj returns to santa cruz to face a new war a fractured country and ghostly voices from a nearby gulch that predict his death a war he can fight but can he can can he change his future? 150 years later, an error occurs during a physics experiment. Meanwhile, Celine, a volunteer at Evergreen Cemetery in Santa Cruz, sees a ghost. When she discovers his headstone, Celine wonders what other haunting business does A.J. Sloan, a.k.a. the ghost of Arana Gulch, have to finish, based on true events. So, yeah, there's just been people that have, you know, claimed to see him, but, um... I, I will talk about him a little more in the related facts because they're that yeah. They're just keep listening and we'll get we'll get to the controversy. For now, 
Carmen, I know this is your favorite section. Okay, so... Two years ago, Eva Smith rated the, this cemetery as a three out of five stars. And she says, and I quote, the cemetery was really interesting and had so much great history. However, our time was cut short due to a woman who screamed at us that she was going to curse us for entering her cemetery. She wouldn't stop yelling profanities until we left. Wow. So, woman or Daddy? ghost? Dottie? No, Dottie wouldn't... Dottie wouldn't scream uh, and curse at you. She seemed like... Well, I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah, Dottie? Tracker? Question mark? Um, or I was thinking, do you think maybe it could possibly be uh, Marie Holmes? Oh, that's actually... That could be. I mean, we have no idea. It doesn't... There's, I mean, there's just so little information, but, um... Eva Smith was, like, um, writing a review about a, a human, and it was actually a ghost. <laughs> this is actually from Yelp. So, on the Evergreen Cemetery, it's... This uh, review is from back in 2008, uh, where Elaine K. from Redwood City... Uh, with a very nice Giants logo as uh, their profile pic. <laughs> <laughs> um, go SF Giants! Okay, so this is just a short ex excerpt from their review, and it says, We were warned of satanic rituals happening here, but we were not lucky enough to fall upon one. Maybe next time, Friday the 13th at midnight. I will have to plan a follow-up visit. And then... This one was quite the review. Quite the doozy of a review, Manny. Um, so, Sir Bell I from Aptos, California rates Evergreen Cemetery as a four out of five stars. This is also back from 2008. And, oh my God. <laughs> I just want to recommend people go see this review because I don't think we could have all of it on the air, but I'm definitely going to say a few uh, lines. It's a family-friendly podcast, so we can't really divulge everything said, but if you want to check it out for yourself, you could do that. Yeah, please, by all means, uh, go ahead. So... Fellow Yelper and I decide to check this place out, even though it's... Uh, his quote-unquote thing to venture cemeteries. <laughs> we went by our dead people vibe slash instinct and it led us nowhere, so I, I call my coworker. A homeless lady who was unpacking her packed car overheard our dilemma and suggested she might be able to help. Uh, it's old. Uh, the reason why we're going. Uh, don't, don't go there. Thank you, we mutter as we walk away and start giggling. That whole satanic ritual and tweaker thing made me want to see the whole place even more. Bwah! -ha -ha. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not even readable. <laughs> so, uh, fellow Yelper sees white fence, and we knew. On the way, we spot wild berries. Mmm, wild berries. <laughs> this is a pretty historic cemetery <laughs> with... A bunch of significant California pioneers. They had a small section of 1800-year war heroes. Uh, the, the earliest dead person we found was a little eight-year-old who died in 19, 1842, which actually not the case. Uh, 
the latest dead person was in 2001. They had a Chinese portion that was pretty cool. We couldn't understand anything on the tombstones. Uh, there's a, there's a small climb to some of the graves, which is awesome. If it was, if it was a dark, muggy, foggy day, it would have been so out of a movie. Fellow Yelper is not, is now a convert and will check the earliest, deadest person close to home. Ha ha ha. We helped ourselves to, we helped ourselves to some really yummy, dusty berries. I have a third world country stomach so that don't phase my <laughs> Enjoying the fact that these berries could have possibly been grown on slash by dead bodies. Um, the tweaker lady was right about the tweakers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to read the rest of this. Well, thank you. <laughs> I... <laughs> I just can't believe that was written. <laughs> Yikers. Okay, it was also are... <laughs> it was also uh, rated useful by 20, 21 Yelpers, <laughs> funny by 28 Yelpers, and cool by 21 Yelpers. I, I just have no words for that. I don't know if we're just going to leave it at that, but I just have nothing else to say about that. Oh my god, I think that was the best Yelp review we'll come across in a long time. Oh boy. Thank you, Sir Bell. I think I'll go back and read some of your other reviews. Or maybe, you know what might be a fun treat is if later, um, as we're going in through some more haunted places, we find more of uh, their... Oh yeah, their reviews. We'll we'll track Sir Bell. Is that their name? Sir Bell I. Yep, Aptos, okay. California. Thanks for that doozy of a review. Well, that brings us into my favorite section: the related facts. So, as Carmen mentioned in the Yelp review, there is a Chinese monument in the Evergreen Cemetery because Chinese immigrants played a really critical role in early Santa Cruz history. Chinese Santa Cruzans that were buried here were often dug out by their family after up to 10 years in a process sometimes known as bone picking in order to send their remains back to China to their family or village of origin to be reburied. The monument says, The Tomb of the First Friends of the Chinese Revolution. But that's according to Google Translate. So I read Japanese and not Chinese. And I only understood tomb and Chinese in the characters. But I used Google Translate and that's what came out. But of course, because of racism, the local government did try to kind of outlaw Chinese funerals. But it didn't really work out. And they did continue for several more decades. And uh, there were actually eight buried people that were like kind of stranded and never had their remains sent back to China. Only eight. The Institute for Canine Forensics actually helped locate these eight graves. They literally brought dogs to sniff around the area and the dogs found the eight graves, but they unfortunately couldn't find any names or information about the people that were buried. And, uh, also, to this day, the Evergreen Cemetery celebrates the annual Qingming Festival, which is uh, sometimes known as Tomb Sweeping Day, and it's a traditional mm. Han Chinese festival 
where families honor their deceased relatives and clean off their graves. It's kind of like Dia de los Muertos, except it's on April 4th or 5th. That's awesome. Um, they also, I saw on the museum, uh, the Santa Cruz Museum of Art and History website that they also do a um, Dia de los Muertos uh, event. Oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah, like on one of the pages, it was pretty. I saw like the the orange, the marigolds on the evergreen cemetery. Oh, nice. So we talked about we talked about how the grave of Marie Holmes was significant, but did you know also there's some stuff with the headstone of A.J. Sloan as well? No, like, what happens? So. As I mentioned, the headstones were really susceptible to breaking because a lot of them were built really tall and they weren't built in a way that really would stand up to earthquakes and just, you know, the fact of the just the factors of nature working against them. So it cracked and uh, it was it was restored in the 1970s and the work was really bad, (laughs) so bad that I kid you not an old beer bottle became embedded in its base and has been there since. Wow. Wow. Dude. Yeah. More modern restoration did reinforce the headstone with steel rods and epoxy, but, I mean, still. Like, there's literally a beer bottle in his headstone. Is that disrespectful or is that kind of like cheers? I can see it going either way. I guess it just depends on their personal preferences and choices when they were alive but um either way do better please like oh boy clean up Um, after always leave a location better than you're cleaner than you found it yeah so as i mentioned there also has been some controversy about aj sloan's death um because you know it was just so mysterious and there was just very little uh information people could go off of and there's actually a theory that he faked his death because, or, and that would mean that the apparition sighting that was seen by the mother, mother and daughter in the 1890s, that would mean that they saw the real deal if he faked his death. It's, it's, some people say that it's possible they actually saw him alive in the flesh after he faked his death. So he just checking out his old gravestone or like the woods, what, where did he haunt? Oh, it's um, Arana Gulch. It's actually not near the cemetery. I mean, it's still in Santa Cruz, but it's just, like, not directly near the cemetery. Mm. Um, so, who knows? But that theory is discussed in the book Ghosts in the Gulch. Oh, cool. So, do yeah. you think he was um, trying to find the treasure? Or was that something else? Oh, that's actually... You're right. That's entirely possible because the sighting was in 1895. And the treasure map, the gold treasure map story began in, began in 1890. <gasps> so you might be onto something, Carmen. And the, oh, wait, is the treasure ever found? Not that I could find. <gasps> Let's go! Adventure time! <laughs> well, that'll we can... pay off my loans. <laughs> yeah, my honestly, loans. Honestly. But also, how cool would it be to find it? And on top of that, would we technically be doing both ghost hunting and adventure? Gold hunting? I don't know. Treasure hunting? Gold rushers? 
Let's start a Santa Cruz gold rush. No, just us. We can't let anybody know. No, we can't. Well, no, even then let we get rich off this of... episode. What? Oh. What? It's, I mean, that's what happened in the in the actual gold rush. Is a lot of people got rich, but not from gold, but from the people that were mining gold. Right. Okay, so, but still, anyway. I want all the treasure for us. Think so about we where can, we like... can go. Think about how famous the treasure would make us. <laughs> Carmen's in this for the fame. Uh, no, I just want to be like, I just, I really want to be a pirate looking for gold. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I found some of these cool thingies. All right. Um, right. So AJ Sloan's headstone. Um, and then on top of that, more notable headstones include... Uh, Isaac Graham, who created the Roaring Railroad, Railroad Camp in Felton in the 1830s. So, I don't know if you've been there, but it's a really fun Santa Cruz spot is the, the Roaring Camp Railroad. So, you could basically go and ride this super cool, super old train from Roaring Camp to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Oh and, no, I didn't know about this. Yeah, so you know why those that's the reason why there's those railroad tracks in front of the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk because that train will take you from point A to point B and either drop you off at one or the other location. So it's super fun and you get to, you know, you're on this train ride. It's it's a beautiful train ride. Like um, you go through the Santa Cruz mountains and just you could also they have like a little thing on the intercom where they teach you about you know happenings about the train itself, about the Santa Cruz mountains at the time. It's really fun. That's cool. Yeah, and then enjoy your time at the beach. So yeah, that's what a lot of people do. They'll go up to Roaring Camp Railroad. Then take a little ride to Santa Cruz. Um, and then at the end of the day, they get picked up by the train and then go back home. So that's awesome. Thank you, Isaac Graham, for having or establishing one of my favorite summertime memories. GG. Okay, Loudon or London Nelson, who was a slave from North Carolina. Uh, who arrived in Santa Cruz in early 1850s as a free man. So he bought uh, he bought land near what is now the main post office and sat by the closure of an adjacent, adjacent uh, two-room school, the Ill- illiterate Nelson bequeathed his entire estate to the Santa Cruz School District, which resulted in the school's reopening. So he um, donated his land so that he can help continue education of others in Santa Cruz. How wow. cool is that? That's awesome. We need more people like that. Exactly. I agree. At Jeff Bezos. Oh my god. Eat the rich. Well, I guess that brings us to the verdict, Carmen. What do you do you think the Evergreen Cemetery is haunted? I don't think it's haunted. Well, actually, I do. I do. <laughs> Sorry, I was um sprung on this question last minute. I think it's haunted because um like uh, Marie Holmes, she. I think I feel like she definitely has a reason to go back to this place and um, haunt the locals, because you know it's she. Uh, I don't know. You you go. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of easy to say yeah, but I'm gonna agree on this one. I think there's just been a, like, I mean, there's Marie Holmes, and then there's a bunch of children, um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's a pretty old cemetery, and not to mention, like, this cemetery has just seen so much happening at that time, you know? It's old um, land. Yeah, it's old land, and uh, I feel like it very well could be haunted. I've never been, so next time I go to Santa Cruz, I guess that's something to check out. But um, listeners, if you've been there or if you've had a, a story there or something, let us know in uh, in an email, in an iTunes review or anything. Let us know what your thoughts are because we've never been and we're, um, we're interested to know more. Yeah, there was a lot of cool, interesting uh, information from the site or from the from the Yelp reviews and stuff. So reading through it, it's like, okay, well, do real people haunt the place just like AJ Sloan? Or is it ghost people like AJ Sloan? (laughs) Yeah. Well, catch us next week. We'll be talking about another spooky topic. Thanks for joining us on our first Christmas-themed episode. (laughs) remotely christmas <laughs> we're we're looking for more <laughs> so. yeah and again if you have any stories or if you have any thoughts please feel free to email us or dm us on instagram or twitter um we're always looking to have people share their stories on the pod so if you have a story you'd like to share please let us know and we can make that happen yeah let's do it okay manny do you want to play dvd Let's do it. All right. Okay. Stay spooky, San Jose.